Midnight Zone Productions is a production company here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, run by my friends Courtney and Ashlyn. They've done a really great job over the last year especially, so I wanted to bring them on the podcast. These guys also started out making YouTube videos and with a big interest in film, so I wanted to kind of pick their brains and see where they're at with that, you know, the balance between freelance and content production or film production in general is something I'm really interested in as more and more people take that path to see how it can work and how how what the struggles are along the way. This episode, we talk a lot about the business of running a freelance company, and they've really made a lot of strides from their first year into their second year, and now they're full time making video content for businesses. So that's what they talk about in this episode, the lessons they've learned and the practices and way that they do things that seems to be working really well for them. I also want to mention that all of us were sick, especially me and Ashlyn, and I'm still sick if you can't tell. Uh, Our voices were a little scratchy and there's lots of sniffling in the background. I try to cut it out as much as I possibly could. We also were recording on someone else's equipment. So there's a couple times where there's there's something wrong with the XLR cable. That only happens a few times. And I, I again, cut out as much as I could. Uh, you'll hear a couple of those moments. But besides that, this is one of the best sounding episodes that we've recorded because it's recorded on some actual nice condenser microphones that are used for podcasting out of Work Hard Pittsburgh. So let's welcome Courtney and Ashlyn from Midnight Zone Productions to the show. Hi, Courtney and Ashlyn. Hi. Hey. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's okay to be awkward. We're all awkward here. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, It's even worse. It makes it so much even more awkward because you don't see us. So it's, or maybe that makes it less awkward. I don't know. I don't know, but we'll treat it we'll as just a conversation. Ro- we'll just roll with it. Okay. So your Midnight Zone production, you want to tell me a little bit about who you guys are, what you do? Yeah. So Ashlyn and I have been doing video production for quite a few years now, and we just started Midnight Zone Productions. This March will be our second year in business. It's been going pretty well. Uh, we offer videos for local businesses, nonprofits, uh, event promotion, artist promotion, mostly short form content for social media. Yeah, we've been doing pretty good and it's exciting. That it's stuff's like huge now. It's like yeah. the, the, I remember when I first got into filmmaking, the, like there were like a few very specific things that you could do with video production and like, it's just blown up the amount. Cause I mean, video is being consumed everywhere all the time. So like Every business is like in constant and events and artists and stuff are in constant need of content. So like being content creators for other brands and stuff that can't do it for themselves or don't know how to do it for themselves. Yeah. Like, and we've also been a part of Work Hard Pittsburgh. So we've been, you know, doing a lot of freelance work through there too. Um, yeah. We started our first wedding season last year. So we have a Ooh. company in Florida that hires us for weddings and it, we've actually started to enjoy it and get used to it. So we shoot them together. A lot of like side freelance work on top of our business. Yeah. Well, like, would you say that the, how does the freelance and the, the, the business stuff combine or like crossover? I feel like there's a lot of crossover and there's a lot of like, like, is there a defined edge of like what is yeah. considered your freelance work and what's considered part of your business? A lot of what we do is whenever either of us get a freelance gig, um, because we're so invested in our business and helping it grow, even if we get a job on our own, we'll put it through the business in order to let it, um, you know, get an income and grow. You know, for example, if I am, I reach out to a client on my own or someone finds out who I am, I'll represent ourselves as Midnight Zone who is working for them rather than just myself. And that's basically with any gig I get. 
or she gets. Mm-hmm. Right. So over, you've been in business for two years, which is something. That's I mean, longer than a lot of businesses stay in business. So yeah. is it now both of your full-time jobs? Yeah, At one point you were doing other jobs too. It's definitely a full-time commitment. And I would say like the first year was a lot of learning, especially with the business side of it. Right. So uh, we spent a lot of time doing just kind of unpaid like volunteer work, just filling and like you know planting just trying seed to be constantly in the business. Working. Yeah, and just doing the things that were necessary to get the foundation of it started. Yeah, and like Craig, I know that you can speak to this too. It's just even though being freelance, it's very uncertain sometimes. <laughs> you know, like you can go you know a week and be like when is my next paid gig going to be or a month you <laughs> yeah. know the thing is though is like you you learn that you just kind of have to push yourself because if you keep in mind the motivation is that if you have a job or even a part-time job that takes away from those gigs that pop up you know 2 days from now or something where you can make that same amount of money in a day that you would in a week and that can kind of carry you through that that dry month or whatever you know oh absolutely so it's like mm-hmm. That's kind of your motivation to keep pushing through and, you know, just to like know that, yeah, I don't I don't need a part time job if I just keep staying really adamant about this. When you're not busy with paid work, do you fill that gap in with like personal projects? That's like what I tend to do is fill in those gaps with personal projects. So I'm still working constantly. Um, And what I'm trying to do, too, is develop kind of online products, like a distribution filmmaking course that then I can focus on like promoting that whenever I'm not working on like specific projects there's a lot of work that we do for the business that we are not paid for obviously Um, right so a lot of that ties in with uh content strategy on social media so we actually have posts scheduled out until like this august um, oh nice every week yeah and we're trying to at least have two to three posts a week and we're finding that a lot of people and potential clients are contacting us through social media so oh that's it's been paying off yeah. That's a good thing to like point out because a lot of people I, I work with a lot of small businesses that like don't really see the ROI on the, the social media stuff because they aren't sure whether or not people are reaching out through Facebook or and the thing is a lot of times they're getting leads. Like i I help them manage their page. I get messages on their page from potential clients asking questions and stuff and they don't respond. And it's like would you, if someone called you, would you not respond? <laughs> like, and then they want to say, oh, I don't know if this Facebook investment is worth it. And it's like, you're not putting, you got to put the effort in to get anything out of it. Yeah. And it's helped a lot with brand recognition as well. Um, there's people that we've met just at like networking events that already heard of Midnight Zone Productions just through our social media work. So, yeah. Oh, nice. And one of the things we've heard even from that is, um, oh yeah, you guys have a really good brand marketing because everything that we, the content that we create is very branded to our own specific style. So when you see a Midnight Zone ad or video or even just a graphic uh, logo or something, you know it's Midnight Zone because it's catered to our specific brand. That style, yeah. Yeah, I think that's huge. I, you know, I was just talking to someone my friend Travis, who's a graphic designer, he was really confused. He had applied for this one logo job and I had applied with like all of these other well-known graphic designers in the area. It was like, there's no way I'm going to get this job, but I'll just throw my name in the hat. And the guy reached out to him and was like, I'm really impressed with your portfolio. Like this style is what I want. And we were talking that like, just because someone else has more experience or even has a higher production quality, it might not be the style that the customer is looking for or client's looking for. So if you can develop your own personal 
style that you you do you edit or you do graphics in it or do a combination of those things then that's what ends up getting sought after a lot of wedding photographers talk about that you know yeah and not only just uh for directly with leads but also with you know other freelancers and other peers that you work with they oh yeah they get a client and then they can automatically recommend us based on just knowing our style and knowing that it would be a good fit Right. That's awesome to be able to develop that. I feel like I still haven't gotten to the point with my filmmaking where I have like a, I'm getting there. I'm like slowly, every video I make, I'm kind of trying to add some consistency into like the types of colors that I use, like, like especially in color correction. That's kind of one of the things that people have started commenting on. They're like, oh, I like the, the color of your video, like other filmmakers that look at that kind of thing. Yeah. Are, are those intentional decisions that you're making or are they just kind of born out of your natural, like with the stuff that you like? Um, so Midnight Zone definitely has a dark undertone to it, more of an edge, I guess you could say. So it's something we intentionally do. A lot of our videos, um, you'll notice just from, like you said, color correction, they, a lot of them have a bluer tone to them, a colder tone, because, you know, we just feel like it gives us that little edge and yeah, like it's just all part of the branding thing like we're talking about. Right. Yeah. Well, that's and interesting to very think. Very specific yeah. with the motion graphics too that we yeah. work on. Yeah. Did you guys are you you guys self taught yourself like motion graphics? I mean, you guys pretty much self taught yourself everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. For we, the most part, we you talk, went to school. Yeah. At one like point. she did Pittsburgh filmmakers for a little while, and then I went to Point Park University. Um, but you know, you when you go to school, like it definitely gives you a foundation for that stuff. But most of when it comes to motion graphics and everything like that. Most of what you learn, it's it's how much you choose to put into it. So you can take on a project, but it depends like how much you want to invest in learning to make it the best. And yeah, like I don't think you're going to get that from anybody but yourself just trying and doing it. Right. Yeah. And I think just the creative process is you have a vision in your mind and you want to make it happen. So even if it's something you don't necessarily know how to do yet, you already know kind of the steps of what you want to learn. And right. what you want it to look like. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times I'll get like a, I'll have a vision in my head of like, I want to do something like this. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I'll see something and I'll be inspired by it. And I'm like, I want to know how to do that. And I'll, a lot of times just create a personal project for myself, like a personal video or something that I want to do just to learn that skill. Yeah. That's something we've always done actually. And yeah. It's, it's very fulfilling to like, be like, yeah, I kind of taught myself this because I wanted to yeah. do it and I did it. I was just watching you guys over the last, I mean, we've known each other for uh, like five four or five years now and watching the progression of like the there's just skill in the filmmaking that you do in the video production that you do it's like so it's become so much more tight over time like your editing and your color correction and, and the graphics stuff definitely adds another layer to it and you've always kind of had a good eye for like cinematography so it's cool to watch like and obviously the more you do it the better you get like that's mm-hmm. kind of the catch of like that's why you keep working at yeah. it because and I know I took classes at filmmakers I actually <laughs> went to school for business administration for a while um oh. but honestly like nothing beats just doing it and actually having people that you can learn from um it just it's not the same as like a traditional education. It's I'm mostly self-taught and it's like, it's just really something to where if it's, if it's a creative field, you have to kind of right. just go for it and do it. You know, going off of that, we live in, you know, the YouTube day and age where you have all the information you need accessible right oh, at your yeah. fingertips. And there's websites like lynda.com and everything like that. Anything you want to learn, you don't need a traditional schooling at this point. Like if you're dedicated to it, you can learn it. Anybody can learn it. 
Yeah, you just have to be like a self-starter. Like some people yeah. just aren't like that, so they do need that traditional education. But if mm-hmm. you, I mean, I don't know how you could possibly succeed without being like a self-motivated person in, in today's world, yeah. especially in entrepreneurship. You obviously have to Oh, be. yeah, and especially on the business side of it too. It's like I was completely lost when I started the business because right. there's just so many things that, you know, you have to do. But living in a city like Pittsburgh, we're very grateful because there's a lot of resources for businesses mm. too. So not only building a network in the filmmaker world, but also having, you know, mentors that are, you know, entrepreneurs and they do workshops that are free and they do programs and all kinds of like consultations, anything you need and anything you know that, you know, you need to like strive for in your business. You kind of have to turn off that side of your brain that wants to be creative and you have to just like be structured and like find the resources that are going to help you because really a lot of the business side of it was stuff that, we've learned from other people. It's not necessarily self-taught in that way where you can just sit on the computer for hours and like figure oh, out. Oh yeah, have to kind there's, of definitely see, like... a, there's definitely a limit of, and also I think the reason, especially for the business side of things, it's harder to learn that stuff online is because it's different state to state, city to city, um, yeah. especially state to state because like the regulations and laws you have to follow for taxes or for your business structure and all that stuff is different if you're in Ohio or Pennsylvania. So it's like, yeah. And a lot of the business side is kind of just testing things and seeing oh, if yeah. they work. Like right. that's there's a lot of and that's why you have to have perseverance because you're gonna fail at some things that you try to do yeah. with the business side of it because it's a whole different world. Are there any uh, big takeaway lessons that you can remember from kind of your first year of doing things to how you do them now, uh, business wise that you've like learned? Don't sell yourself short. Um, being a freelancer, a lot of people are going to try to take advantage of you and get free work out of you. And, you know, one thing I told myself at first was, uh, if I just do this free thing, this could lead to more things. And you realize that's not really how it works. And just know your worth. You know, you, you gave, you have this education, you have this skill, other, other people who don't necessarily how to do the things you do. And just don't take, I mean, you know, if, if you don't take the free work if you know like there's something like that you could make yeah, money and from. A point, you know, to kind of go off of that would be we still do free work, but it's stuff we do intentionally. Right. And it's things mm-hmm. that we know are going to benefit our business. Mm-hmm. So when people come to you and they're trying to get, you know, they don't have a good budget and they're trying to get that free work, that's not necessarily the clients you even want to attract in the work you want to do. So like, for example, we actually uh, just made it a goal. Um, this was just an idea that we had had was to reach out to um, people that are organizing big events in Pittsburgh based on win- women entrepreneurs. Mm. So there's these conferences that are all day long and we just reached out to them and sent them a proposal um, offering our services in exchange for sponsorship packages. So we have two events coming up. I think the one's next weekend. It's called Rising Women Conference. So we, we get to be a vendor there. We get to actually go up on stage and speak and pitch our business to like a big group of people and we get to participate in the event. So that's and we did a lot of free work for that. That's really um, awesome. Yeah. But that's like an example of when free work really can be beneficial. It's strategic. Yeah, well, exactly. and it's trade. I mean, that's it's not trade, I, yeah. like I worked in the radio industry for a while and that's standard, you know. Mm-hmm. If if a business can't afford to pay for radio ads, but they should be advertising on the radio, it's like, okay, well then what can we do for trade? If it's a restaurant, can we bring our clients there and can you give us like money to to have meals and like we'll count that towards your radio ads? Or can you provide a prize for this thing? Or, 
you know, whatever it is. Yeah, that's an interesting way for the sponsorship. I've actually never heard of anyone doing that. So that's a yeah, that's a kind of a cool uh, spin on that trade idea. Yeah, and it also gives us exposure online. You know, these people are posting our name on their website and on social media ads for the conference too. So in the long run, it really pays itself off. Yeah, well, and I think you're smart about the type of thing that you're trading too because you are being, you're doing it for something where the audience of this thing of this conference is your potential clients yeah right like the people that uh are going there are the people that you might actually want yeah (laughs) to hire you it's definitely like we're really looking forward to these two events um and we we interviewed the founders because they're not able to be there and there's videos that are going to be played throughout the entire conference and our logos on every single one of them oh that is awesome yeah so good exposure yeah, and it's a entrepreneur event, so they're all business owners. And you know, even just going to networking events, you realize that you're being video. You your your business can help every single other business, like where yeah. theirs mm-hmm. may not necessarily be able to help you, but right. you can really like collab with anyone being you, in video. You said it's like a, a female entrepreneur conference. Is yeah, that the, thing? the first one is called Rising Women Conference, and then there's another one at the end of April that's called Conquer Queendom. So <laughs> that's yeah. cool. I think that's cool. And I think it, it's cool you as female business owners also. And in the like video world, that's like a pretty underrepresented. I mean, there's definitely a lot of women out there like in filmmaking and in video production, but it's skewed heavily towards male and it, that's changing constantly. But mm-hmm. it's cool to see like for them to then see like, oh, there's an option of like video produce like a, a video production company that we could hire that is also owned by women you know and that's a yeah, cool thing to, to match up that's definitely our niche i think as we grow as entrepreneurs and you know being women in the field you've like built like a niche for yourself there with as business women business owners and being able to empathize with other women business owners and they like obviously are going to want to work with people that they can associate with and exactly, they can connect yeah. with that's just cool on like a social level but also on like it's a smart business level thing too yeah um and another there's just a lot of support for that in pittsburgh and another um, thing that is maybe a long-term goal for us would be getting our uh it's called a wmdbe so it's a women minority um business certification oh interesting and this would be where you can place bids on you know services and this would be people like seeking out women minority owned businesses oh, for okay. work so yeah. yeah there's just a lot of support there that's awesome yeah yeah and pittsburgh seems to be like relatively progressive in that area mm-hmm. as well ryan talked a little bit about work hard pittsburgh in his podcast episode which if you haven't listened to that that was i think two episodes ago uh it was some good stuff what if you guys have been working out of this space for a while now too what are kind of the benefits that you found to uh, participating in and working out of like a co-working community? Being uh, business owners here, um, like we had mentioned before, we're also technically freelancers too. Mm -hmm. So being part of this co-op space, not only do we get to be part of, you know, the great things that they're doing for the neighborhood and um, just opportunities that they bring uh, just to everyone here and throughout the neighborhood um they also bring opportunities to the business owners within the co-op space as well um and us being business owners and freelancers too um they provide us with work as well uh we obviously still get our own work through our own business but you know um being in the freelance video industry if you're in the in this field you know that during the winter months it gets really tough not ever there's not a lot of events going on people 
Businesses just don't spend a lot of money in the winter months too. It's the same in advertising. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with work hard, um, you know, they have consistent clients who come through here and with all of us in here who do the video work, we are able to kind of share the work that comes through um, from consistent clients. So they kind of help us out with that, with keeping like our feet on the ground with, with the work that comes in. So I would say being at Work Hard Pittsburgh during our first year in business has been so beneficial to us and helped us through, you know, that first really hard uh, period of time when you you start a business. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that is like the hardest time. And I keep putting myself through it because I keep doing freelance and then going to a full-time job for like a while and then trying to go back to freelance. And it's every single time it's like starting anew. I mean, I get to carry the lessons that I learned, which is kind of good because I like fell on my face a couple times before. So now it's like I can take those lessons and apply those. And uh, I mean, and the biggest thing is like having some consistent clients is like, that is the like only way to survive. Like yeah. having people that can come back to you every once in a while uh, or constantly is great, but that's obviously not always a possibility. That's a really good point. And I think that has helped us out a lot is the fact that we have people we've worked with who would just call us up and be like, can you do this shoot tomorrow or the right. day after tomorrow? And the fact that we're so willing to jump on it and we have two people who are, you know, we're very flexible. We're very open, dedicated. We have really quick turnaround time when it comes to editing and people that work with us know that so yeah. i think that has helped a lot is just having that open availability and having that top priority for all the work coming in so like back in the day you guys were interested in making like narrative film work mm-hmm. uh are, is that still on your radar is that do you feel that doing freelance has hindered your ability to follow those kind of passion projects or is it kind of giving you the skills and freedom that you need to do well, that we did produce a film last year a short film was that last year yeah it was last winter we produced um a short film which i would say it's in combination with us being like freelancers too because it was obviously a passion project where we really want we had a narrative story we wanted to tell and it gave us that creative release but it also led us to being able to attend the palm Springs short fest in california um with that being said you know we were able to meet a lot of important people in the industry and um courtney was able to pitch movie idea um that she wanted to she in the future wants to produce so you know it can start out with just a small creative project but you can still use those things to impact your business still. Yeah, I would say as of right now, that's not a priority for us. Right. Um, just because it's a huge commitment. It's a oh, huge yeah. process. <laughs> um, even just producing, it was like a six-minute film. It took over $2,000, and it took like four months. Yeah. And it's just like, that's not, I think that would just take away from the things we're trying to do right now within our business. Right. One thing we still do on the side, though, I mean, aside from, I was just talking about this this morning with her, actually, was that just two days ago, we had this idea to make this short little three-minute video of just not even anything for a business, just for ourselves, just to get that creative release out. And I think that's still important to make sure you have time. What gets most people into filmmaking is because you have this yearning inside of you that just wants to film this idea that you have and and just make it come to life and i think it's important to never lose that that passion that you have that started because when you get so wrapped up in corporate video and you start to lose that burning flame and you need to make sure that 
you're still fueling that fire inside of you by taking time away from the corporate stuff and letting your creative juices flow and something that you're just doing for pure enjoyment. Yeah, so we actually started a YouTube channel called Uptide by Midnight Zone <laughs> Productions. Um, that channel is for all of our side projects that we do. Um, I think one of our big passions is just doing like fan music videos. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that's like how you guys started out. It was like you had what was your production company in high school? But <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have to say this on here. <laughs> it was uh, Hanghood Productions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We did a lot of comedy stuff, but the music videos were something that just it's like the perfect release when you have when you hear a song and then you're like yeah i could totally make in a day a music video yeah well and you get to experiment with like different effects and different like mm -hmm. cinematography styles and stuff i know like some of the best some of the best commercial producers video producers like michael gondry who also has done feature films that's how he does so many music videos and he started out doing music videos because it allows mm -hmm. that creativity to just like and I mean, with like that, with doing fan videos, you're kind of tapping into A, like an audience that already exists, yeah. uh, and B, like something, you don't have to worry about working with the musician, which sometimes is the, sometimes is the best part about doing music videos, and yeah. sometimes is the worst part about I doing mean, music videos. Yeah, and it's something you can look at as just a creative release, but also we're, you know, putting, it's almost a channel that's going back into our business, because those yeah, fan like how, videos get a lot right. of views, like yeah, people yeah. watch those a lot. Yeah, I like how you're doing that, like, brought, or, like, by, you know, Midnight Zone Productions, yeah. so that you're not totally losing your, your own brand in that. Exactly. Yeah, it has the same branding also, so yeah. it kind of routes some traffic over, our, yeah. as well as just having fun with it. So, what, like, in the coming year, what are the things you're most excited about working on? Do you have anything coming up that you're stoked about one thing that we're planning to do starting this spring is going door to door and introducing ourselves to local business owners we already have pamphlets made to give out to people we haven't really started it this winter because it's just been too cold yeah but we really want to just uh meet with local business owners ask them if you know they would like to meet up sometime to grab a coffee and just talk about um, promotion ideas if they'd be interested in working with us anything like that um, so I think that's one thing I'm really looking forward to it it seems like that's something that face-to-face -face contact I think over years we've lost that when trying to reach out to uh, work with other businesses you know email yeah it, it can be really beneficial but there's nothing like meeting somebody. oh yeah absolutely <laughs> Well, that's like Ryan suggested in his episode of the podcast. He was talking about the fact that, like, someone will reach out and say, like, how much is this, does this X, Y, and Z cost? And he'll be like, well, let's meet up and talk about it. And because he's always trying to get that face-to-face -face contact. And I, I, I like the same thing. If I can, I usually try to get a phone call because a lot of people I work with are, like, in Seattle or in uh, L.A., in, in Austin, mm -hmm. Texas. Like, so I'm not going to be able to always go meet them face to face mm -hmm. but like if I can get them on the phone at least then it's like it's much more personable and a I mean it's good because you're building that like lasting business relationship you're more likely to get the sale but also then you can kind of get a feel for the type of person they are and whether you're actually going to want to work with them because like what I'm finding is sometimes there's clients that I just don't want because they're mm -hmm. just we just don't vibe very well together and it's like I know you're not going to be happy with my stuff and I'm not going to be happy working with you so like let's just not even I've learned just from experience like the type of people I don't like to work with and obviously if you need the money then sometimes you just don't have that option but it's nice to be able to to yeah, I completely agree with yeah. that 100%. That's another reason why it's so important is that you're not always going to be able to work with everybody. And that's part of freelancing, the part that 
but that's the glory of it too you yeah can you can say no you want to work with yeah. yeah yeah so i would say too with uh on the topic of working with clients um it's just very important to be clear and precise and detailed right off the bat yeah because that scope when, of work contract is like i don't know if you guys call it that but that is the like oh yeah holy grail of not getting into projects that you so even when people ask like what can you do or what what are your prices um on initial consultation usually we do phone consults yeah um, or you know you can meet up with them but it's important to take that time and say i'll get back to you and then just really think about what you're going to offer them what would be yeah. best for them and write a detailed proposal that people, you can send that uh, they can review people appreciate that too like what i found is like a lot of times people will reach out for to me for one thing mm-hmm. um like an example is uh in there's this acting coach in LA that reached out for some motion graphics for some videos for social media, but their website really wasn't set up properly to be taking orders and like it just didn't reflect their brand very well. And yeah. he's a pretty high status acting coach and his website just wasn't great. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, I can do those videos for you and this is how much it's going to cost. But honestly, for about the same price, I could also just completely redo your website so that you can actually take orders online. You can, you know, it represents your brand better and everything. Yeah. And he, like, and that's happened, I, like, that's just one case. It's happened so many times where I've been able to suggest something specific. And even if it's within the same realm, it's like, well, let's, you know, we could do this, 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 like, whatever. And maybe it's, I give them the option to do something bigger than what they, just kind of like a nice, like, upsell thing. Like, oh, this is what you asked for. It'd be cool if we could also do this. But they appreciate that because it's like, you're the expert. They don't know. They're, yeah. <laughs> they're just, they're coming to you because they want you to help them figure out what, what the heck they're, like, they have a goal and, like, you can help them reach right. that goal. And one thing I've learned uh, through Work Hard Pittsburgh and just doing these freelance gigs is that uh, we have a guitar manufacturer client and yeah. um, we basically do these, like, long shoots and then we're in charge of the editing for it. So it's been, like, an ongoing project for, like, one or two months where one shoot made... 20 plus videos and it's like we need to start you know talking to clients in a way where they understand we want to get the most out of your content and we want to make it so that we're not just sitting down and talking about one video it's like you can do one shoot and we can edit it and make this many videos from it and the shorter and the more that we have the better in our opinion yeah um for example i i we have one client right now um i mostly do the work for her because i just know her personally um but she's like a motivational coach empowerment speaker um and what i'll do is i'll film her workshops and i'll do one long workshop for her but then i offer her like hey like you know i can make two short form one minute promo pieces that you can post on social media and have three videos from this one shoot so that's another way to kind of extend on what you can offer and, and make more money off of just one shoot yeah and provide more value yeah but, but, exactly. but, yeah absolutely yeah. especially with social media like the, the the need for content like just so many pieces mm-hmm. of content feeds that and if you can show them like hey i can do this and also uh like sometimes explain to them why that's important is is pretty big is there anything else you'd like to to leave the podcast guests with uh listeners with before we sign off midnight zone productions creative solutions for every brand oh (laughs) (laughs) it sounds like you've said that before (laughs) i know that's That's, it is it's like our that's our motto that's your motto your tagline where can people uh check out your work if they want to find you on the internet well we're on instagram midnight zone prod and then we're on facebook and we have a new website we actually just hired a web designer in january uh, he did a great job 
and uh, we have some new work coming, so I would definitely check it out. Sweet. You guys have an awesome Instagram, so definitely go check that out. Thank you Thanks. Thanks for, for joining us. us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Movies in the Black with Midnight Zone Productions. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe. Give us a like or a review on whatever platform you're listening to. We're on basically everything. So if you're listening on something that's not your preferred choice of podcast platform, go check and look for us wherever that is. Uh, We're probably there. And if we're not, let us know and we will get that sorted out. Thank you again for watching. We'll be back next week on Tuesday with another episode. Bye.